The clock is at zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live, getting your reaction to tonight's 45-10 BYU victory over at New Mexico State. Jason Shepard with you. If you'd like to chime in, give us your thoughts on the win tonight, you can do that at JSN Shep, at JSN Shep on Twitter. May get to some of your comments throughout Cougar Post Game Live. We will certainly head down to the post game press conference room, let you hear from BYU players and coaches. BYU finishing the home schedule at 3-3. Three and three. Cougars 500 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The important part tonight, they sent the seniors off on a winning note, and now BYU 6-5. and five. They are now officially bowl eligible. And uh, for anybody that thinks BYU is not going to go to a bowl, that is, that is not going to happen. BYU will find a place for the Cougars. BYU now bowl eligible. They will be playing two more games before the end of this season. Obviously, next week, they will be 45 miles north at Rice-Eccles Stadium taking on the University of Utah. Again, if you'd like to chime in, at JSN Shep on Twitter. And fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Simply mention BYU50 or use the online promo code BYU50 at papajohns.com on Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location. This uh, tweet coming in from, uh, let's see here. It says, good offense against a below-average New Mexico State defense. A win is a win, but not a ton to take away from this game. Look, BYU found itself down 7-0. From that point on, they outscored the Aggies 45-3. BYU did what they needed to do. They scored 45 points after having a slow start. This is exactly what BYU needed to do. The offense especially the running game, season high in rushing at 317 yards. BYU did what they needed to do. They got the win, which was the most important thing you heard from head coach Kalani Satake all week long. The other stuff will work itself out. The main goal this week, the entire focus of this whole week, has been against New Mexico State, and uh, BYU took care of business. All right, back to, uh, back to some tweets. This one says, this one uh, from, uh, from Bruce says, offense is still way too inconsistent. Defense seems to go through ups and downs as well. We'll need four quarters of solid play to have a hope of beating Utah. Certainly, BYU is going to have to have their A game heading up to Salt Lake City if they're going to snap the losing streak that they have to the University of Utah. Let's update you on some other action from earlier today. BYU basketball at home. In fact, it was part of our doubleheader here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Fun day broadcasting both BYU basketball followed by BYU football. The BYU basketball Cougars taking care of business, hosting Alabama A&M, a 31-point victory. 91-60 was the final from the Marriott Center. Really nice game all around for the BYU basketball team. T.J. Haas with 19 points to lead all scores. Yoli Childs, another double-double. The guy's a double-double machine. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 15 points for Zach Sayas. He hit five threes. He hit five of BYU's eight three-pointers. Nice win. Cougars now with a couple of days off where they take on Rice Wednesday night again at the Marriott Center. Now, before the basket, the men's game, it was the women's team. They were hosting Eastern Washington. That also went the way of the Cougars. 80-65 to was the final score for BYU women's basketball. Brenna Chase with 17 points. Shaley Gonzalez with 16. Shelley Salmon with 14. And Paisley Johnson with 10. 
on the road was BYU women's volleyball, the number one team in the country. They swept Pacific as they're going towards the end of the regular season, looking for the start of the NCAA tournament coming up. They win 25-17 in set number one, 25-19 in set number two, and 25-17 in set number three. Also, congratulations to BYU track and field. They were at the NCAA National Championships. The men finished second today. The women finished in seventh place. Congratulations to both the men and women BYU cross-country teams. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll also check some top 25 college football scores, and we are awaiting for players and coaches to make their way to the podium. We'll get to that as well. Your final, 45-10, BYU defeats New Mexico State. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 45-10, the final from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars now 6-5. and five. They are officially bowl eligible. They'll probably have to wait till the end of the regular season to find out exactly where they're going, but make no mistake, ESPN will find a place for the BYU Cougars in a bowl game. Two more games for the Cougars before this season is officially over. We're We'll get you down to the post-game press conference room coming up. A lot of players still out on the field. Obviously, with it being senior night, lots of family, lots of friends uh, at the game tonight. So uh, the, the players kind of taking their time getting into the locker room, uh, as you would expect. Pretty emotional night, not only for the 25 seniors, but for our own Mark Lyons, who was uh, honored uh, really throughout our entire broadcast, but also uh, before the game, he was able to run out the alumni flag and then honored at halftime, mark his final home game as part of the BYU broadcasting crew after 38 years. You'll obviously hear from Mark and Greg and Mitchell Juergens all coming up uh, a little bit later on with lots more post-game coverage. Let's uh, get you caught up on the day in top 25 college football the last game involving a top 25 team has gone final in Pullman, Washington. Number 8 Washington State scored 69 points, defeating the Arizona Wildcats. 69-28 is the final score. Elsewhere, number 1 Alabama defeats the Citadel 50-17. to The big uh, social media trend earlier today was the Citadel was tied with Alabama, and everybody was kind of having some fun with that. That certainly didn't last. Again, 50-17 was the final score. Number two, Clemson defeating Duke 35-6. to Number three, Notre Dame getting the 36-3 win over 12th-ranked Syracuse. Number four, Michigan at home, 11 better than Indiana at 31-20. to Number five, Georgia hosting UMass, BYU, getting the win over the Minutemen last week in Foxborough. The Bulldogs defeating the Minutemen by a final score of 66 to 27. Number six, Oklahoma defeats the Kansas Jayhawks 55 to 40. Number seven, LSU with a 42 to 10 win over Rice. Oklahoma State Cowboys upset number nine, West Virginia. They get the four point win. Final score 45 41 in overtime. Oh, Ohio State was oh so close to losing, probably should have. They hang on for the one-point victory, and I mean hang on, 52-51 in OT. Number 11, UCF. They remain undefeated. They are now 10-0 on the season. 38-13 winners over number 24, Cincinnati. 13th-ranked Florida destroys Idaho by 53 points, 63-10. 
the final score in favor of the Gators. Number 14, Penn State, winning at Rutgers by a final score of 20-7. 24-10 was the final score. Number 15, Texas, defeating number 16, Iowa State. 17th-ranked Kentucky, now 8-3 on the year. They defeat Middle Tennessee 34-23. Washington, the Huskies, they are 42-23 winners over Oregon State. In Boulder, Colorado, today the big rivalry game between Utah and Colorado. 19th-ranked Utah getting the win 30-7. That's your final score there. Florida State upsets number 20 Boston College by a score of 22-21. Number 21, Mississippi State defeating Arkansas 52-6. Number 22, Northwestern, winning on the road at Minnesota over the Golden Gophers, 24-14 the final there. A crazy game for Utah State. The the Aggies are 23rd in the country. They were on the road at Colorado State in Fort Collins. Utah State had the lead with about, uh, about a minute to go. Colorado State goes down the field on a Hail Mary, gets a touchdown, at least they thought, As time expired, heartbreak for the Utah State Aggies. That turned to heartbreak for Colorado State. The reason was the receiver that caught the touchdown went out of bounds before he caught it. That's illegal. It's a penalty. If you go out of bounds, you cannot be the first person to touch the ball. The touchdown was reversed. They got a penalty instead. Utah State hangs on for the 29-24 victory. Also, one other score, this one last night, in case you uh, were curious. Number 25, Boise State, winning at New Mexico by a score of 45-14. Looking up to see uh, the podium. Nobody there. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Bet you we have somebody coming up on the other side. BYU getting the win 45-10 over New Mexico State. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU picks up their sixth win of the season. They are now bowl eligible after defeating New Mexico State 45-10. to i got to read this uh, tweet before I, I wrap up my portion of postgame. This one made me laugh. This one in from at Ames Flames. It says, I'll never turn my nose up at a win, but I sure would have. it sure would have been nice to break 50. You know what? If the only concern is that uh, BYU didn't score 50 tonight, I think everybody is doing just fine. That one, uh, that one made me laugh. BYU getting the win, wrapping up the regular season next week, 45 miles north in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles Stadium against the University of Utah. We're going to let you hear from players and coaches coming up with, uh, with Greg and Mark on the other side. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll do that. That's, this has been Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you in part by Provo Land Title Company. Title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons with you here in the booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And 
Mark, I think BYU did what we expected them to do yeah. on offense against a team that's proven very generous throughout the season. BYU scored 45. Could have been in the 50s. But you take it at 45-10 and uh, get ready for your biggest game of the year in seven days. Yeah, I think this was a, a good warm-up for that. I thought they improved in their play from last week. I also felt as though they were more consistent. Um, uh, this time, though, it's, uh, you know, if you're... They didn't throw the ball as much as they could have, and they weren't quite as effective, but uh, they ran the ball really well. So uh, I think that that has to make uh, Utah think, well, we've got to be able to stop the run, and that's what they do. But uh, I think this was a good prep game in order to prepare for uh, having a confident feeling going into next week's game. Well, BYU ran the ball well, so well, that they racked up 317 yards on the ground. This was after a slow start running the football. In fact, there was a part, Mark, I think, early off the air, on the air, where you talked about how difficult it was proving BYU to, to just get ga- uh, yards on the ground. Yeah, I know. Uh, I do think, though, that uh, BYU came out with the attitude they were going to throw the football. Their first two possessions, they did uh, throw, I think, mm, three, five times of those uh all those plays, where I thought uh, with that great field position at the start of the game, they might have gone ahead and decided to pound it. But uh, they have a plan that's in place. They have uh, scripted plays to begin the football game, and they're going to stick with those plays that they've prepared and ready to run. And uh, as soon as they got out of those plays, I thought they played much better as far as they uh, ran the ball very well. We'll be hearing from Kalani Sitake coming up next on the Cougar Locker Room Show here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Final score, BYU 45, New Mexico State 10. Final home game of the 2018 regular season, giving BYU a home record of what, Mark, this year? 3-3, three and three, yeah. 3-3. Three and 3-3. Three. Three and three. Beat sub-500, which is what they were last year, right? Exactly right. Uh, it's not what you'd want to have, you know, but uh, it's, yeah, exactly. It's better. It's an improvement. It's better than <laughs> it last is. year. And, it uh, is. Something that uh, it'll be better to improve, easy to improve on next year. And having won four games last year, six is already an improvement. Chance for seven next week and a chance yeah. for eight hopefully after that. That's right. And, and uh, again, just to reiterate, although we'd like to say that BYU is locked in, they're not locked in. But uh, there's a real strong sense that BYU is playing in the postseason somewhere as a six-win team. That's the feeling I get, uh, and that's because I talk to you. And so <laughs> since you deliver that feeling, <laughs> I've got that feeling. <laughs> I've got a feeling, Mark says, that it's my feeling, Greg's feeling. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, again, ESPN is uh, a partner in BYU's effort, and uh, they own and operate 13 bowls. I've got to think in at least one of them there will be a position they can slot BYU in. And uh, <clears throat> from my understanding, uh, they've implied that if BYU is to become bowl eligible, they would work to get them in one of their bowls. The only thing BYU can't do is kick out a contracted conference team. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of leagues that go 7, 8, 9, 10 deep in their leagues for bowls. And so if they have enough teams to fill them out of those leagues, BYU can't kick anybody out. But at-large spots, and there's one of those that ESPN operates – and or leagues that can't fill their positions, well, that's where BYU could slide in and uh, and make that game happen. And the options are many right now. You see, you'll, you'll see projections with BYU in any of three or four or five bowls right now. Uh, I think two of the most commonly mentioned are both in uh, Dallas or suburban Dallas. So one's yeah. the uh, first responder bowl, formerly called the Heart of Dallas Bowl. 
I think that's the 26th of December. And then the Frisco Bowl on the 19th of December is an ESPN-owned and operated bowl that has an at-large position right now. And the 26th, is that the one that's in the Cotton Bowl? Correct. Yeah, yeah. The first responder bowl. <laughs> Formerly Heart of Dallas. Bowl. I think I think uh, Utah played against West Virginia there last year when it was the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Oh, okay. Just last year. Now it's called the first responder bowl. All right, uh, Kalani Sitake taking the podium. Let's head down to the Cougar locker room area. All right. Well, got our sixth win, so I feel good about it. Just uh, put this little away and let's get ready for next week. But I'll take any questions you guys have. Good to ask you after. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. I mean, um, it's like one of the things that I try not to talk about too much before you jinx it, you know what I mean? And we're not their best start either. And so I was just uh, a little concerned about that. But uh, the guys played well, and uh, we were able to fire back after going down 7-0, you know. So I've been really pleased with the way our, our guys performed. We obviously made some mistakes, but um, for the most part, uh, defensively, the, I like the way we're playing right now. So, and I, I like the points on the board from the offense. So, special teams, we had some mistakes. I think we had some turnovers. That ball hit one of our uh, guys on on punt, or one of our holdup guys, and um, obviously had a turnover in the red zone. So, uh, some things to fix. But just happy about the win. You can see our guys are really excited about winning. I mean, you can probably hear it from here. And um, yeah, be be ready, ready for the. The rivalry game next week. Originally, it looked like you started out just rushing the three, and that's kind of allowed them to move down the field. What, mm-hmm. what precipitated the change? You started bringing Sione a lot, and all of a sudden, that seemed to really force them to, to yeah. speed up their offense. I think going into the game, we kind of wanted we wanted to try a lot of different things, whether it's bringing three or rushing four or, or bringing some pressure. Um, wanted to see how they would answer to it. Um, they've had they had a week off, so we wanted to see what their you know, they did a lot of empty um, tonight, more than they've shown in the past, and so really wanted to um, make adjustments accordingly to what, what we're seeing from them. But I thought Coach Tiaki did a great job changing his calls, and uh, it's a good thing we practiced a lot of different uh, uh, calls and a lot of different schemes and uh, settled on a, a few of them that he really liked. And Sione was a disruptor in the pass rush, and you know I thought we handled the run well, and we still he still mixed up a lot of different things in the calls. But uh, just I think our guys executed really well, and um, that team's is throwing the ball quite a bit in the past, and I feel really good about the outcome. So just excited the way they they've been playing really consistently on defense. So uh, hope hopefully they can continue next week. How big were those two interceptions? You get the one off the tipped ball by Malik, and then the other one by Isaiah, where he just pulls it down. Yeah, Isaiah's a great player. He's a, he has um, tons of athletic ability and, and really good instincts and. I think he um, he went up high for that one, and he's, we've seen him do that so many times in practice, and it was just nice to see it in the game. And um, he's been playing really good football lately. That's why he's a starter for us, and I feel really good about the future of the linebacker position with Isaiah there. You know, so um, really good group, and Coach Lamb's done a great job at coaching those linebackers and dealing with a lot of the guys that have been banged up and, and injured. So um, we, we tested our depth a little bit tonight, and, and we're going to need it to continue next week. Speaking of guys banged up, found out that Corbin was done for the year. Mm-hmm. When did you learn? What happened? What, what's the deal with Corbin? We knew Corbin was um, banged up, uh, injured a few weeks ago, and so he's a tough kid and just kept playing through it all, you know, and, and um, he's going to need to get surgery, and uh, we had to really think about what was the right thing for him, because I think he's got a future the next level. 
and I th- we just had to make a decision. I, I trust our, our the medical room and um, just didn't want him to keep hurting his career. And he would do it willingly for the for the team. But um, I thought it was a great decision for us to hold him off and uh, let him get ready for the combine and things like that because I think he's got a bright future there. And, and uh, gave the other Kafusi Devin, an opportunity to start and play more. So let uh, we'll just keep going with that. But uh, we're going to miss him. But his leadership's still showing on you know on the field and the things that he does and help prepare the the other D linemen to take over for his in his absence. The night's supposed to be about the seniors, but how how do you feel about the kind of the future of the program? Seeing guys like Lopini go off for those four touchdowns and so many young players just step up the way they did, but maybe Lopini in particular. What kind of impression about his performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's been he's been hobbled with with uh, some injuries earlier, and so it's it's nice to have him back at full strength, you know, and um, especially with the absence of Squally. But I, I thought the running back group did a good job. AJ Stewart's a great coach and has prepared them well. I mean, even Tyler Algier got in and and got a couple big plays in there, you know. So um, just really happy with the group and. I think our offense is starting to click a little bit more, and we can still be more consistent and get more points because I'll probably never be happy unless we shut out on on defense and score 100 points on offense. So that's the goal. What did you think of the way Zach rebounded after, I think, misfiring on seven? Yeah, it was a rough start for him. I can't remember what he started off with in the with his passing statistics, in the, but I think the first eight throws it was like, one for eight, yeah, and, and um, you know he has some struggles. I think that happens, but um, I, I have a lot of confidence in him as a player. So uh, I think he was able to rally it back and and do better. And um, you know we'll just need him to start better next week. Offensive line, you got to talk about them when you run for 317 yards. Talk about just how they were able to control the game because they really kind of put it on their back. Yeah, Coach Pugh's done a good job getting those those the linemen line. Um, Line up using their technique, the fundamentals, and um, you know I think we, we if we keep it simple enough where those guys can play fast, um, our offense would, would do well. So um, I think that's been the key for for our our a lot more efficiency in the run game. So hopefully we can continue to do that. Starting Kiefer, did he earn that in, from his practice or what? Starting what? for Longson, uh-huh. was that earned during practice or yeah. from an injury? Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, our, our competition is always going to continue. So if a guy's banged up, they still have to compete um, for playing time. And if someone's healthier, I mean, everybody's hurt right now. We're week 11, just finished, and we're on the 12th game. So there's not a lot of people that are 100%, and, and that continues in the, in, the, in the preparation. And so we compete every every week and every day in practice, and the best will play, and it just happened to be that his time came, and and uh, his number is called, and hopefully he doesn't uh, give up that spot. You know, that's kind of like I, I like it. The healthy competition has been really good for our guys, and um, they they come to work every week. It's nothing set in stone, so I think it's it's a good thing for it's a good way for us to operate in the system. Any other questions? Early thought you thought you like this game even in the year again finally after Oh, I think it's a great game. I, I don't care when when it comes because next year we play them at the first of the season. So you're setting me up. No. I don't really care. As long as we get the I like the game. Um, you know, I have a connection to Utah. And, you know, they're great to my family and to me when we went up there in 2016 that didn't go our way and looking for a better result, you know. And I understand they clinched the Pac-12 South, so congratulations to Kyle and and then the team, you know, and, and so it's going to be a fun game. I'm just looking forward to it. And 
um, you know, it's 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 the one that everybody talks about. Now we can talk about it this week, so it's going to be a lot of fun and just looking forward to it. We have a lot of friends that, that are up there, you know, and it's going to be good going into Rice Eccles with our team and, and we're going to compete and have fun and definitely respect them and, and congratulate them on clinching the Pac-12 South. Do you feel good about your chances of ending the streak with the team you have going up there? Yeah, we got to prepare. We, I mean, if, if uh, it's, it's another game, so, you know, I think we'll have to not not scared about it. So I'm looking forward to the competition, but um, there's a lot of respect, but, and I want to win just like I know they do, but we're going to approach it like the, it's the last game of the season and we're going to empty our tank and give them everything we got. That, that's the, I know that we're going to get the same from them, so really that's all that matters right now is prepping for that game and getting the rest tonight and, and making sure that we're ready to go next week. All right, thank you. All right, guys, thank you. All right, uh, player comments coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 45, New Mexico State 10, Lopini Katoa with four touchdown runs today. One of two players at the press conference podium, Lopini and Isaiah Kofusi taking questions. <laughs> Names in the record book already. There we so, go. Thanks. Isaiah, do you want to talk about the defensive effort? You get down and give up that touchdown early and then shut them down basically the rest of the game? Yeah, we just, we've been starting off slow. You know, that's one thing that we've tried to fix. And obviously, you know, it didn't work out as well. And, um, I thought we, we played great, though. I thought, you know, after that first, you know, couple series, we adjusted. Um, Coach Tuyaki did a, a really good job at adjusting and uh, making the right calls for us to, you know, the most advantageous calls really for us as a defense. Uh, D-line played phenomenal like they always do. I mean, they just they get after QBs. I feel bad for those those offensive linemen and the QBs having to deal with those guys. But overall, I mean, we did play pretty well as a defense. It looked like you started out dropping eight, rushing just the three, mm-hmm. and they were kind of able to settle in and get some passes, find some open guys. Yeah. And then once Sione, basically, a lot of Sione, I think other guys came too, but yeah. once they went to the four-man rush, it really kind of changed the game. How, how big of a difference did that was that for the defense to force them to throw the ball faster? Yeah, that was huge. Um, I mean, like you had said, we, we started off playing more of a drop eight, um, kind of a zone coverage. We we'd felt pretty good about it. It's been pretty pretty successful all year. Um, we've run it a lot. We ran it a lot more this game than we ever have. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, with a lot of a lot of their crossing routes, they find find found holes, and um, you know they were were getting completions. So it was. It was a good adjustment by Coach um, Brings Tione. He's just got a knack for rushing the quarterback, and I think that's really what, I mean, you know, helped us pull away from, from you know, that little rut that we had. Seven seven. They're moving. I think they were about the thirty yard line here, thirty yard line. Yeah. Moved it down when he went over the middle, and you were able to pull it down. Describe what happened on that play. Oh man, I honestly, I'm trying to like replay it in my head, and I, I can't really think. Um, you know, it was, it was after the adjustment had been made. We, we started running a lot more man. Um, and the running back, who was my guy, stayed in the pocket and you know helped protect. So I kind of just read eyes, and uh, quarterback was looking at him the whole time. And a uh, ball came in, and I just kind of snagged it down. And saw a lot of green grass ahead of me, but the stupid cleats and the grass, the wet grass, got me. The turf, the turf monster. Yeah, both of you guys had moments I, where the, oh, the turf monster you was. Too. 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 <laughs> I just. Isaiah, what kind of a boost does creating a turnover like that give you guys, just, just internally, emotionally, when you're going through those, those 
slow starts. Yeah, it's play. huge. That is that's huge. I mean, turnovers are really you know the focus of the defense to you know kind of turn the game and swing the game. I, I think after that, you know, Matt Hadley scored the touchdown. We went up 14-0 or 14-7, and then the game just kind of changed. So, you know, those turnovers are, are, are huge. That's really what you know. It's the momentum and the crowds behind us, and then the offense starts rolling. And that's you know when, when we when we can create turnovers, we're we're a dang good football team. Lopini, what does getting bowl eligible do in re- for you guys in relation relation to next week and being able to play maybe a little more freely, loosely, knowing you're you got that in your back pocket? Right. right. Yeah, it feels great. I mean, super excited that we were able to accomplish that today, and it does. I guess it would help us like focus more on on just beating Utah, focusing on uh, the next game, and not having to worry about you know what's to come because we know like we we're eligible. But obviously, huge game next week, and we're excited to start preparing for that for sure. Isaiah, you grew up, you got being there both sides of this rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Any early thoughts on it? <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, like you had said, I got a split family, you know. I mean, I grew up a big Utah fan, loved Utah, loved the program, and um, Bronson and, you know, his family kind of started this trend of the Kafusis here, and um you know, we, we love the rivalry. It's it's nothing, you know, like what fans are, you know, it's not that that bad to us. It's, it's a rivalry game. We love, you know, to compete and we love um, just, you know, the, the energy and the environment. And, um, <clears throat> you know, my family overall, we, we love both teams. I mean, I've had cousins play at the U and cousins play here at the Y. And um, regardless of the outcome, we're still family. So, you know, it's, it's just been a, it's been a good bonding game for, for my family. Well, Lapini, the running backs as a group had a really solid game today. What, what do you think clicked for you guys as a, as a group? Uh, I think we expected to have a, a big game because of the way that we practiced this week. And, you know, everybody would practice hard, and, and we were get, seeing the same holes that we saw today in practice. And so <clears> it was a big tribute to our coaches, and they prepared us really well. And to see, like, how many guys contributed was huge. It was just exciting. What has Matt Hadley been in that backfield for you, maybe for you personally even? He's a great leader, and just the energy and his ability to make plays, it, it's helped our offense so much. And the fact that he came in like way late um, it just showed me like you know, his attitude was great. He was just a good example in, in all aspects. So he brings so much energy and, and playmaking ability to the running back group and lifts <clears> everybody <throat> up. Did he fit in with you guys really well, like pretty, pretty quickly right away after – Five years, I think. Being uh, yeah, that, that's a. He's pretty easy to get along with. He's he's a jokester, and he's you know he just brings his humor and his hard work is easy to get along with. I said there's a lot of young guys here playing and making plays like you guys, but being able to get that big lead, the seniors were able to get out and make plays. Whether yeah. it's Tanner, some of the you know some of the yeah. seniors. How, how much did that mean to you guys to just be able to give them that and have them have a chance to go out and, and play here at Bellator Stadium? Yeah, I mean, that it meant a lot to us um, to be able to play like that. I mean, that was a big goal of ours this week was, you know, just do it for the seniors. Um, last year kind of was a bust, you know, senior night and UMass, and it um, wasn't really the outcome that we had wanted for the seniors. So it was a big goal of ours to, you know, get the seniors out there to, to give them a game and, you know, be bowl eligible as well as get them, get them to a bowl game. Um, and so it, it was. It was fun, you know, to see Tanner out there slinging it, and uh, maybe it was a little, a little bit greedy trying to get that touchdown at the end. But no, it was. You know, it's fun to watch. I mean, we've we've worked hard with those guys, and you know they've, you know, taught us a lot. 
I think they've they've been great examples in, of of leaders and and how to do things the BYU way. So to be able to watch them uh, perform and just to give them give them a win was was huge. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, some more from the Cougar players in their locker room area as we continue. 45-10, BYU over New Mexico State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 45, New Mexico State 10, Cougars ensure bowl eligibility. Austin Hoyt and Butch Pau are at the press conference podium. Let's join them. Something we could really work on is just being really excited going out on that first drive. Sometimes I think we feel a little bit flat. So I think just trusting our assignments, really trusting our teammates and going out and just playing it with a high level of energy will really help with that. Butch, what were the emotions kind of like tonight on senior night and all of that hoopla and then also the added bit of wanting to get this win to try to become bowl eligible? Uh, for me, at least senior night didn't really hit me until we, we walked as a senior class from the 50-yard line to the end zone. Um, going into the week, all the seniors have said, this, it's, we have another game on our, on our hands, so we got to win so we can get to the bowl game. And so it wasn't until we took that walk that I finally was able to just sit back and relax and enjoy um, my time because I've been really grateful and really fortunate to be here. So. Is it good knowing that you can go into that game next week with those six wins? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's good to know that they're winning as well. And so the, the opportunity to come out and play at their place and play at a high level is exciting for us, and we're excited for the challenge. I guess a similar question to what Sean just asked. What were your feelings on senior night? Uh, yeah, it really didn't hit me till, uh earlier, t- earlier today. We had a meeting as the offense where everyone just stood up and one by one, they went through the seniors, and everyone was able to just share some of the feelings that they had for them and just lessons they've learned from them. And that's when it hit me, just that this is my last game at home, and it really just excited me. I was excited getting on the bus, excited getting here, getting dressed, and I was able to have a, a great night, I felt. So it was just a special experience to be able to play here senior night. Which is there almost a sense of redemption knowing the U.S. missing a bowl a year ago and have gotten back to being bowl eligible this year? Um, in, in a way, just because that's one of our goals is to be bowl eligible. But um, we, we feel like we shouldn't be in the position that we're in, and we're kind of upset that we kind of let some games slip away. But, you know, the opportunity to play again and be one of the last few teams to win a game is exciting. And so... We're excited for Utah, and then we're excited for that bowl opportunity to play whoever in the country we're aligned to play against. So. I asked the young guys this, but just for you as well, just the fact that you know, guys were able to control the game, and so just about everybody was getting in. You know, the, the seniors that are playing that were dressed were able to get in the game. What does that mean to, to, for all the guys to be able to, to get out there and get on that field one it, it more means time a, It means a lot. Um, in, in my last defensive series, uh, I was supposed to go in, but, I mean, one of the guys that's one of the hardest workers on the team is Nate Sampson. And I, I kind of just talked with the coach and I'm like, you got to put this guy in. It's his senior year too. It's not just mine. And so Nate had the opportunity. And when he came off, he was like, Butch, I'll remember this forever. And so just talking with a lot of the boys, it, the, the opportunity to play here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is, is one that's not given to very many. And so each of us had the opportunity to cherish that moment tonight and play on that field. So, What's your favorite memory playing here? For both of you? Uh, mine hasn't changed. Uh, when people asked me this early in the season, my favorite memory was when my brother scored his first touchdown last year. Um, 
as an older brother that you expect to play or you hope to play with your younger brother and see success. And when he had that in his first game as a freshman, I was really excited and got to share with him that moment just by jumping, fist bumping, and chest bumping him right after. So that's my favorite moment. I think tonight will for sure be the top moment for me, just being able to play senior night. Uh, one from the past is uh, when we beat Boise State on the Hail Mary a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was that was a fun one. But you got to run out with Neil, didn't you, for the pregame yeah. intros? What what went into that? Not something you see very often, but no. Um, I mean, thankfully, Coach Kalani, right before we all went out as seniors, he said, "Brothers, you guys are more than welcome to." And so right when he said that my brother looked at me and I looked at him and I was like dude you're coming with me he was like it's going to be cold and I was like alright that's fine but sacrifice just a couple minutes for me please and so he stayed out there with me and we got surrounded together so it was a special moment it wasn't that bad yeah. yeah it wasn't that bad tonight <laughs> you guys have played a lot colder games than this we have. hi anything else okay, thanks guys thank you alright that's uh, Butch Pau and Austin Hoyt and that is our Cougar Locker Room Show BYU 45, New Mexico State 10, our final score. More coverage coming up, including a conversation with Kalani Sitake joining us here in the broadcast booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU wins back-to-back games, improves to 6-5 and five on the season with a 45-10 shellacking of the New Mexico State Aggies. The head coach of the Aggies is a fellow named Doug Martin. Doug Martin had some uh, concise comments with the media a short time ago, and here they are. We got off to a good start throwing the ball. You know, we made a couple of catches, made a couple of big throws. Uh, it's just hard to sustain against a defense that's that good. I mean, they're really good up front. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, just going back to like that, that defense side of things in the second quarter, BYU, you know, goes off for 200 yards. What kind of happened, do you think, in that second quarter to allow the, the BYU run game to be so strong and to kind of like break away in that way? Yeah, I think, you know, we probably didn't fit some gaps as well as we needed to, but, you know, I mean, they're going to make some plays too. I mean, they're, they're a big physical team, and, you know, we didn't really help our defense in the second quarter, but, you know, we need to get some scores. You know, we need, need to get some points on the board. Um, Josh Atkins still had 264 yards, I believe. Um, so what do you kind of hope to see Yeah, you know, Josh is a redshirt freshman, so he's really growing. He learns more every game. His completion percentage wasn't as high as what we needed to be today. But, you know, this is the first game where he's played against a team, the caliber of BYU. And I thought he kind of handled himself pretty well. He had a couple of turnovers we'd like to avoid. But uh, all in all, I thought he really played a pretty good game. Do you guys see this as an important game against BYU since you're both independent and doing this together? Yeah, you know, for us, we really think of BYU as a power conference team. You know, they've won national championships, they have Heisman Trophy, so we need to learn how to compete against these teams better than what we have. And I thought our guys played hard. The score wasn't what we wanted it to be, but we competed hard and we played hard. And, yeah, I felt like we, we matched the intensity that they had. All right, that is it for uh, Doug Martin, head coach of the New Mexico State Aggies. His team falls to 3-8 and eight. tonight. They'll be at Liberty to end their regular season uh, next year. We're at Liberty to share with you a uh, few notes from today's game. <laughs> That's good. Thank you very much. Uh, so BYU had six rushing touchdowns today, right? Yeah. You're probably wondering, well, when's the last time they rushed for six touchdowns? When game? was that? Let's see. Rushing. Yeah, when was that? Toledo, 2016 oh, here. Man. Holy Jamal. Jamal had five. Squally Canada had one. That makes six. 
So uh, how about the 317 rushing yards? That's the most in a game since Toledo, 2016, Toledo, yeah, when they had 338. And they also uh, season best 510 yards of total offense, as I checked out a few uh, moments ago. The last game with that many yards or more was uh, just last year, but home to San Jose State here. BYU had five something, five thirty-eight, whatnot. So that's uh, that's uh, a number you don't get all that frequently. Five hundred plus they got there today, and again we saw that uh, New Mexico State afforded the kind of opportunity to put up those kind of numbers. And I thought BYU did as expected. The only thing we didn't see that I thought we would see today was uh, touchdown passes. Yeah, didn't see I any. Uh, and, uh, in fact, they when they went to the rush game and they were so successful, they just left the pass game alone. They just let it go. Uh, however, we did talk about uh, Zach Wilson starting uh, one for eight, but uh, he ended up then uh, finishing quite nicely. Oh, my 12 for 26, which makes him uh, uh, 11, 11 for 18. 16. 11 for 18. 11 for 18. Yeah. So uh, at the 11 for 18, you know, it's a pretty good recovery after uh, starting out so difficult. And uh, he... Uh, only had one sack, I think. Uh-oh, I better back that. I'll check that. One sack against? He had, uh, there were two sacks. Was uh, was Zach the victim both times? I don't think Tanner Mangum was sacked, was he? I don't believe no, so. No, it was not. So both both would have been against Zach. There were Zach sacks. Zach sack. Yeah. Uh, BYU you know, sack. that's not a good thing to have your name rhyme with sack. If you're Zach? Yeah, because, uh, you know, if your name was Pac, or, you know, it wouldn't be good because they people will make fun of Pac Sack. Johann Sebastian Bach <laughs> had a problem with it probably as well. <laughs> Bach sack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BYU sacked the quarterback five times, part of six TFLs on the night. You know, yeah. we didn't, you know what we didn't get to, Mark? Defensive numbers. Sorry. Oh, you know, and uh, I, ch- I saw those, and I was quite surprised to see that a defensive back would be uh, uh, kind of leading the pack. And who was that defensive back leading the pack? Gowalaku. Diane Gowalaku had six tackles. All of them were solo tackles. One fumble forced as part of his night. Sione Takitaki also six, six tackles. solo tackles, including so, a sack. A sack for Sione. Huh. And he had two tackles for loss total. And a quarterback hurry as well. So a very impactful night for Sione Takitaki. Isaiah Kofusi, all of his tackles were solo. He had five of them. One tackle for loss. An INT, after which he slipped up a little bit on a, uh, on a slippery turf tonight for whatever reason. Rhett Sandlin. Had four tackles. All of them were solo Rhett's as well. Played two pretty good games, I think. Back to back. Uh, how many did Ferguson Now, every have? word I say rhymes with sack, and that's all I can think <laughs> that's about. That's all you're thinking about. Well, uh, did he, how many did that Ferguson rack up? <laughs> rack. Javon Ferguson, by the way, it's not Ferguson, by the way. It's, I was surprised it's Ferguson. Oh. Yeah, did you know that? No. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pay attention at yeah, all. Javon, to yeah, it was one of those things that Ferger. I said, that's interesting. He's, a, he's not, not a Ferguson. He's a Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. He had seven tackles. Seven. The nation's leading tackler came in tonight and was a third on his team with seven tackles, included a half tackle for loss, a fumble recovery, a couple of hurries for Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Grubel, Mark Lyons in the booth. Guess who we're joined by? The head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Kalani's putting on the headset. He's going to go with the mic on the right side. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. more comfortable. When you do a football headset, is your mic on the left side or the right side? It's on the right so that's the way, yeah. you, the way you like it then right now. Yeah, that's what you're used to. So right it's would be correct. Out of my spitting spitting, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. spitting radius. <laughs> I can move it. Yeah. yeah well, see. you know what? I prefer talking to you after wins. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, I like talking to you guys no matter what, but it feels <laughs> a lot better when you win, you know, and, and uh, especially when you're bowl eligible. So I just came from a really happy locker room, and the guys are are excited, and, and uh, they're also excited for the, for the next game too. So uh, we'll just... Um, recover and celebrate and 
and get ready to go to church and then make sure that we're ready for Utah when we go up in Salt Lake. Do you have any insider knowledge? Do you know where you're going yet, or you just know you're going to go somewhere bowling? You know, um, no, I, I saw Tom, and that's one thing I forgot to talk to him and ask him about, but I don't really care. I mean, just after missing it last year, and yeah. I'm just really excited that we're going bowling and, and uh, just really excited for, for the players and seniors and just for the program, you know, we need those extra practices. There's a lot of young guys playing, and so, uh, you know, we could use all the time that we can get to get to get them ready for the next game, and, and we get to extend the season one more uh, one more game. So, the guys are really excited about it. Last week in the Foxborough, the game kind of began a certain way and ended a different way. Same deal here tonight. Yeah, uh, just a little frustrated how um, about the slow start and uh, third downs on defense and. Um, you know, we, we had to make some adjustments along the way and, and change up some scheme stuff, but really wanted to see what they were going to do with, uh, um, you know, with, with what we do on defense. I wanted to see what New Mexico State was going to do. They went a lot of empty um, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, did, did some, some things that we thought they were going to do, but more than anything, doing em- empty and shifting and motioning from empty and from the slot to see what type of coverage we were in. That was something that uh, we had to work on and making adjustments and disguising in the second half. You played a lot of people last week and uh, had a, a good opportunity to see what they can do, and you played again today a lot of people. And those two games become – do you think they become pretty good preparation for playing Utah next week? Do you think the confidence, the consistency that you might have seen improving in those two games helps you in the, the game against Utah? Yeah, I think it helps just knowing that um, – you know we're we're going to bowl game, but knowing that uh, we're we've had some really close games and we've get we feel like we've gotten better every week, and so um, that that's creating a lot of momentum for our guys. And, and um, you know we don't think it's going to be easy next week, but we can sure. empty the tank and just give everything we got. We don't have anything else after this. Uh, we got uh, some time to recover and get ready for a bowl game. But other than that, um, you know they, they have a, a championship game to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our championship game. Yeah. Normally, when BYU's not throwing touchdown passes, BYU may not be winning the game. But uh, tonight, that wasn't the case. BYU threw it just enough and ran it so well. Kalani, six touchdown runs on 317 rushing yards. And those kind of numbers will mitigate anything you don't do uh, through the air relative to the end zone. And uh, certainly plenty enough uh, uh, to, to lead you to, to victory tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, I think the uh, once we were able to settle down and run the ball and have some consistency, we started off really bad. and uh, Zach had a really slow start, and so uh, need to find ways to get him so he can be start a lot faster than than what we've had. And and um, but I thought he was able to recover after going one one for eight early. And um, yeah, I have a lot of confidence in him. But I think uh, being able to lean on the run game can help a lot and help ease a, a quarterback into the game a little bit more. And so um, we'll, we'll we know we can do that if we need to. And we may have to see uh, how we approach this next game because we have to start faster. That, that's got to be our deal, you know, and yeah. we can't keep spotting people points. And I, I say that you have to give credit to New Mexico State because they made plays, you know, but uh, I was just frustrated a little bit at, at, at so what some things we were doing defensively and some of the things that we were doing offensively, and I, I don't think uh, I had any problems exp- Expressing that to the coaches, you know, so. <laughs> well, uh, but uh, I think that I think that's okay. They 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 need to understand that my frustrations because I'm speaking for the fan base too, and and, and um, I'm glad they were able to fix it afterwards. It looked like you might have made the taken that time out, and looked like maybe you were in the huddle uh, conversing with them at that time. Yeah, just not happy with some of the things that were going on fundamentally. 
with our with our team. Guys slipping all over the place, not breaking on the ball, mm-hmm. not competitive enough, uh, competitive enough in man coverage, mm-hmm. and not getting after the quarterback. And and um, uh, a little bit of that had to do with the scheme, but. Um, a uh, four-man rush should be able to get there. A three-man rush had been able to get there at times, but they were ready for it, you know, for a three-man rush. So we had to change some things up. And um, and sometimes we had to make adjustments a lot faster than what we did tonight. And I'm glad that we were able to make them, but yeah. it's got to happen that's within the drive. That's the thing, though. That, uh, you saw that coming along. and In fact, there were some, some plays that were very well made later in the game, but uh, I agree that uh, you'd like to see that at the start. Yeah, and I think Coach Tuyaki, once he felt comfortable with what we're seeing, and like I said, New Mexico State had a week to prepare for the for us, and and, and they had they did a few wrinkles. Yeah, they had a few things, that, a few wrinkles here and there that we weren't ready for. But we, it's hard to guess, you know, when the team has a week off yeah. and what they're going to work on. But uh, I thought after after we saw, it, especially in the first drive. I felt like we were able to make some of the moves and some of the adjustments on the sideline. I'd, I'd like the offense to sustain a drive a little bit longer so we can make those adjustments more on the sideline with the defense. But uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, we have to start fa- a lot faster and better than what we had been. But um, with that being said, I, I was really happy with the way our guys respond. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had a, a, a turnover. It was a weird bounce. It hit, um, yeah. I think it hit. Uh, hit Vickers. Yeah, Jalen Vickers. And, and um and then we, I, I love how the defense responded. They, they, they forced him into a field goal. And I mentioned that last uh, week. I didn't like how they respond on a, on a sudden change because they turned it into a touchdown after the fumble. And in this one, they forced the field goal. So that that's improvement. Um, let's just not make those mistakes. You know, it just seems like a, a mistake that we should be able to avoid. BYU ends up a plus one in the uh, turnover margin as a result. Seven point first quarter, twenty four points second quarter tonight as BYU took control. By the way, the twenty four points in the second quarter, the most in any quarter for a BYU team against an FBS opponent since uh, BYU scored twenty four against Houston in that wild game back in uh, two thousand thirteen first quarter against uh, the other Cougars. As we head to break, time for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. Today, the Cougars made one field goal for a running total of 11 now on the year, bringing the donation total of $5,500. Greg and Mark visiting with Kalani Sitake. More with the coach next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. On a big rushing night for BYU, 317 rush yards. The Cougars take care of New Mexico State. Final score is 45-10. to 10. Lopini Katoa was a 100-yard rusher for BYU tonight. Uh, Lopini ends up with 19 carries for a buck 55, so an average of 8.2 yards per carry. Yeah. And, and when BYU has a 100-yard rusher, well, it's uh, I guess it's you know, better than not having one, but they haven't had to have one to have great success. But Lopini tonight, 155. There was a stretch, Kalani, tonight when um, – he had four carries and three of them were touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, I, th- I thought the line did a great job blocking downfield. The same with the tight ends and the receivers and helped spring some of these big yards, you know, these big gains and so um, some of the big runs. Uh, but um, Lopini is just good to see him uh, at full strength. You know what I mean? He's been yeah. kind of hobbled up a little bit and um, it was just nice. It was just nice to see him be able to run the ball and, and be able to play a full game. BYU's now 11-2 and two in the Kalani Sitaka era when they have a 100-yard rusher. And that was Lopini Katoa tonight at, uh, at at 155. 
Dallin Holker was your leading target tonight, uh, four for 76. Freshman tight end, do kind of game to game, looks more and more comfortable out there. Yeah, and uh, tackled on the one-yard line, mm. and uh, um, I think Tyler Algier got tackled also, on the one-yard on line. One. So yeah. we hopefully we can tell him that the, the goal yeah. line is one yard beyond where they got tackled. <laughs> but uh, I've been really happy with the way, those, especially those young freshmen, are starting to starting to get the game and starting to understand the scheme and they're starting to really feel really comfortable within uh, just playing on the field, playing football. Are there people that uh, are you're considering more and using in the four-game rule that they don't lose that year of eligibility? Yeah, we're, we're protecting a lot of guys and, and trying to keep them in redshirt mode. Uh, guys that come to mind are like Jackson Kafusi and even Tyler, I think Tyler's got one more game that he can play. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we look at, and I'm talking about Algier, as we're looking at a lot of our guys, we're going to try to keep a lot of them in redshirt mode. Um, I think we have enough depth and other people that, that are playing. But we used most of the freshmen in in, in, uh, in our special teams. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, but it's it's been really nice. It helps our depth and, and helps us stay healthy for the most part. What did you think of the uh, play call uh, on first and goal from the one that resulted in the INT late in the game? Not so yeah, much. Let's so so no, rephrase that. I mean, what do you think of the call? I mean, uh, there was clearly an intent to maybe give Tanner a chance for a touchdown pass. Uh, I think honest. so. Yeah. I think that's what that's what um, I think that's what Coach Grimes and, and A Rod were trying to do, and, and I, I'm okay with that. What they were trying to do, but uh, you know, Tyler got us down there on the one yard line, but obviously you don't want to see a pick, and but. Um, that's just, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it was one of those moments where, you know, the game's pretty much under control, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to th- uh, th- throw something to, to someone and trying to just show Tanner how much you appreciate him. And yeah. I, I think Tanner appreciated it. It just didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but um, the thought was there and the, and, and the intent was, was really nice, but we just need to not do that in the game. And, and I'm, I'm okay with, with trying it, but, like, I think that uh, you know, at least at least he we gave him a shot, you know. Yeah. And he got on the field, was able to play a, did, a significant amount of reps. Yeah. Did you always intend to give him the whole fourth quarter? Was that kind of the thought going in, or were you really not thinking that way yet? No, I, I think we were. Well, I mean, we wanted to play a lot of the seniors, you know, in this game, and sometimes it works out the way it did tonight, and other times it doesn't, and it just happened to work out that way. Um, last week we really wanted to play Tanner, but he was still not 100%. So Jaron was on the field. That's another one that we have to keep um, yeah. in, in the four Concerned. games with Jerry yeah. Hall. So it was nice that we were able to keep him off the field tonight, and uh, he's, he can play the last two games now um, and still redshirt. And so uh, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I love the way the guys play tonight. Obviously there's there's some things to improve on. I say that every week. But uh, we're just it's a lot of fun going into this last week knowing that we're going to a bowl game. But um, – Really excited about the rivalry game and, and the opportunity to go play in Rice Eccles Stadium. Greg's going to give you a really interesting stat here, uh, Coach. That's uh, pretty unusual. Uh, people kicking field goals against you have a horrible percentage. <laughs> here they all come in with, uh, you know, this kid's pretty good uh, normally, and uh, he misses a couple field goals. Tell them the number, Greg, on how many times people miss field goals against BYU. Teams have attempted 16 field goals against you. They've made five. I haven't really noticed that. Yeah, so that's You're it. missing everything. That's great. Let's just keep, keep making them kick field goals. I know it. I, I think that's that's a – it helps when you – I mean, we didn't have Corbin, but we had his brother Devin in there, and he's just 
an inch and a half shorter. So that, <laughs> uh, but I, I thought Michael Shelton does a great job of coming off the edge, and yeah, I, I think we can do a good job if we force people to kick field goals, and, and that that'll work out well for us. But let's just not let them down that area. That'd be good too. I think it's uh, it's seventeen and six now. The last one they made, oh, they did. Yeah, I, I think gave gave them one more. That's pretty. So, yeah, but, pretty but either unique. way, yeah, it's for pretty, teams pretty that kick pretty good, they don't kick really well against you. Yeah, uh, time for our uh, big time performance of the game, and it's brought to you by the Bank of American Fork. Enjoy a free checking account that can earn big interest with the My Rate checking account from Bank of American Fork. Do we go to Lopini on on tonight? Uh, what are we thinking, Kalani? Who would you kind of maybe maybe and maybe you've got somebody maybe under the radar? A big time performance of the game. Who would you think? Or is it is well, it the I, senior class? Yeah, I love the senior class, and and I thought the O line did a great job blocking up front in the run game. Um, but Lopini, it's hard to score four touchdowns, and uh, yeah, I just I think you could really take um, take a bunch of guys and throw them out there and give them the give them the game ball. But just really happy with the seniors being able to celebrate a win. Uh, like I said, you remember your last game in the stadium. I do, and, and now they, they have a great memory with it. Okay, Utah, next up. Uh, you've alluded to it. Uh, you've got the Utes at their place, and we already know that it's been a while. Uh, it's been probably too long uh, since BYU's been able to put one in the win column against uh, the rivals. And in a lot of ways, they've taken care of their business, and uh, yet you know they're going to be uh, properly prepared for you when you head up there on Saturday. Oh, yeah, and, and they have um – you know, they've had great success this this year, even with some of the guys that have been injured. And so, yeah. uh, I, I know I know those guys really well. I know the coaching staff, the head coach, and they're all friends of mine and 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 uh, mentors of mine. So, it'll be a lot of fun for us to go back there. And and uh, didn't have a great um, outcome the last time we were up there in Rice Echoes. We went for two and didn't work out. And uh, just excited to see how it goes this week, uh, this this next time. Well, coach. Uh uh, I am really excited that it's uh, nearing the end of the season. Uh, it's pretty hard, though, uh, for those guys that really like football. Uh, I've I've always felt like they should uh, start another season with players under 200 pounds, and you know, just run another schedule. <laughs> because That'd be fun, yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of talent and kids that are that small, but uh, don't ever get a chance to play a major college. But uh, uh, so as you go and relook at this season. Uh, is your feeling like I'm? Uh, this is going. This next one's going to make it for us, or do you look back and like, oh, we missed a few, or does it both of them come to your mind? I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I don't think you can really dwell in the past. I think you can look at some of the things that um, that that we can really improve on. Looking at the close games, I'm looking at Boise State, which is mm-hmm. one play, uh, NIU one point, mm-hmm. two points away from winning it. Um, you know, and and looking at those those close games that that could have changed uh, things for us. Yeah. And you're looking at it a little bit different. I, I can't recall what what other close ones, Greg, did we have? Cal. Cal. The Cal game. He yeah, has a yeah. three point game, and so if you look at those three, and and um, if you, we could we could need to find ways to, to get those. get a victory in those those three, and if if you can change things like that, because I think it's going to come down to stuff like that even for next yeah, week or, or the or the bowl game or next year, and right. so. After reviewing it, we need to find ways to win the close ones, and and part of that is um, starting better. And there's a lot of things that we can do differently. And as a head coach, that's my focus: is to find ways that our guys can improve and um, get victories. You know, and I think that that'll, that'll change the whole outlook on everything. But with that said, I'm really pleased with us being bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, won some that people didn't expect, and lost some people didn't expect. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think in order for us to have um, more success. We need to, uh, 
you know find ways to to change things to, to so so that we can get those wins, especially in the close games. And but I really love our players and the effort that they give, and I think that uh, everything's in place for us to to do well. And I'm looking forward to finishing this this thing off right next yeah. week. Well, coach, it's the last time you'll sit in a broadcast booth with with this guy to your left here, Mark Lyons. <laughs> yeah, sad sad to, 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 that it's come to an end, but I appreciate everything you've done, Mark, and and uh, for BYU and for for me and for a program before the university. I know fans love you and appreciate you, and I'm glad we were able to honor you at halftime. That was great. I really appreciate the. You looked good for running the flag out Man. You know, in the, <laughs> before the game. And I had a little adrenaline rush. It was <laughs> good. Yeah. But, uh, I remember really calling uh, I remember calling plays when you were playing here, and so, uh, yeah, it's been, a good, it's been a good run. I've seen a lot of good stuff. Well, you're – Always part of the family. Anytime you want to come by, you always the doors always open here yeah, at BYU football. So thank you very much. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. And Kalani, thank you uh, for your time. Congratulations on the win, and we'll uh, we'll do it now two more times. More than yeah. one game to do. We got a couple more to do. Just want to say thank you to all the fans, and especially the fans that were here tonight. Um, just want to say just just seeing Michael Shelton come out of the tunnel and and running down. You know, he was really emotional. Mm-hmm. And um, he was surprised by the, the great cheers that he had from the fans, and I wasn't. But just so, so the fans know um, what they did tonight, I've never seen him that emotional and that excited. And that's what these fans can do. They can change your life. And, and I, I've seen it with my own eyes how they change these players and how much our players love them. I hope all our fans know that our players and our coaches, our program, our administration, we love everything that you stand for. and and love all the support you give us, whether you're at home or uh, at away games or wherever you're at. We just we just hope you know how much we appreciate and love the BYU fans. Thank you for saying that, Kalani, and yep. uh, Good stuff. And, and thank you for another home season of uh, of uh, BYU football. And we look forward to being with you in Salt Lake, and then wherever we end up after that, it'll be fun. It will be. Thank you so much, yep. guys. Mark, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Kalani. All Good right, that's Kalani Sitake. We'll come back with the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now program next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You are tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by tweeting your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the final score, 45-10, BYU over New Mexico State. We're not going to stay on the air forever, but for a little while here during a BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. Later in the program, we'll have two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream up for grabs. And yeah. the correct answer to skill testing trivia, we'll get that if you're uh, first in with the uh, the correct answer. Mark seemed pretty excited about the ice cream there. Well, you know, uh, all year long, uh, I've thought about calling uh, or texting my wife uh, with the answer real mm-hmm. quick and have her getting it in. And I think uh, I won't have any no competition clause in when I retire. <laughs> and so I'll, when uh, when we go to the creamery, I'll be able to get her those answers quickly, and she'll be able to call them in. Or, or me, I think I can, don't you think? I'll yep. qualify as... A possible uh, winner, don't you think? The kind of night it's been for you. Uh, I think we should, you know, I think they might even just award you ice cream. They might even give you a year's worth of famous creamery ice cream. Well, uh, you know, my buddies were here this week, and uh, we went to the creamery twice. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't free, but uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Next step is getting an ice cream named after you. <laughs> what would it be called? The mountain Mountain Lions. Mountain Lions. Oh yeah. 
by the way, back in the day, I call you the Arvada Flash. We all know that. But yeah. back in the day, you were Mark Mountain Lions, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, Bill Coltrane called me that. And he stuck with it. I'm glad it didn't really catch on. <laughs> there weren't signs in the stands here at uh, old Cougar Stadium back in the day? Mm. Mountain Lions? Um, hmm. Uh, no, I don't. No. I don't recall that. No, Mark Mountain Lion. That, that he'd put it in every article. So it was kind of funny. But you do like the Arvada Flash, don't you? I like the Arvada Flash. And of course, the funny thing about that is that I found out uh, when I was reading. I happened to run it across some old uh, newspapers that uh, my mother had kept, and my dad was called the Iron River Flash when he was in Wisconsin. And, uh, man, I was going, holy cow, Greg was prophetic. <laughs> he knew that I was would have been the Arvada Flash. The son of the Flash becomes yeah. the Flash himself, yeah. yeah. I did not have that knowledge, so it was just uh, pure inspiration on my part. And I kind of like that, the movie, The Flash, the yeah. show, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us up here in the booth. Another night that uh, Mitch has thought out. Yeah, it, t- it takes a long time. I, I get in the elevator, and it's almost <laughs> instant... Um, it's instant <laughs> comfort and relief. Um, but yeah, I've thought out now. I've got feelings in my hands again. So, puffy coat worked for you though, right? It did much better, much better. BYU uh, goes to six and five, and the sense is even without the uh, the guarantee that uh, bowl will happen, bowl game will happen, right? Yeah, that uh, <laughs> I get your vibe. <laughs> I do. I'm trying to convince you to just go along. I here. get your vibe, and yeah. and uh, I would anticipate. Uh, that um, that's going to take place just from uh, things that I've heard. Hey, hashtag B. What is it? Hashtag uh, BYUCNN is what it is. Hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Cougar Nation. Now it is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now program. So uh, you tweet us with the hashtag BYUCNN, and then we'll uh, we'll see what we get. And if you're still up at one uh, twenty in the morning Mountain Time. It'll maybe help us uh, lead some discussion points here. Greg and Mark and Mitch with you. So we'll take a break. We'll see what's happening on Twitter. And we'll come back and uh, get this party started at one uh, nineteen in the morning. It is hashtag BYUCNN. is BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. Question coming in from at Dave R. Welker. Uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld might uh, deliver this tweet better than, than I, but um, he said, what's the deal with Riley Burt? So uh, what is the deal with Riley Burt? He, uh, he says, I thought we would have seen a lot more of him in a game like this. Glad to see they gave Tanner his chance to shine. Tanner got the entire fourth quarter. I thought it could be a you know fifteen to twenty touch game maybe for a, for a Riley Burt. Ended up with ten carries, mm-hmm. ten for sixty one, average of six point one, long of eleven, and it seemed like every run was between four and eleven. You know, and the thing that I was uh, interested because he was tearing it up when he was in there, but he ends up with a six point one yards per carry, and he ends up. Fourth of the four top three <laughs> exactly. I know, and I, I was going, wait a second. But uh, he's been my guy all year long, you know, and I've mentioned it uh, way too many times that I really like uh, his speed. I like his uh, physicality. Um, I just think he's a really good player and has um, uh, every, you know, quite often we've heard that we're going to see more of him in the game this week, and then it doesn't quite happen. And Lopini Katoa ends up at 8.2 yards per carry. Matt Hadley's a 7.9. 
And then Tyler Algier comes in and rips off four carries for 49 <laughs> with an average of 11.5. So uh, Riley was just one of a number of guys who, who did well when they got touches yeah. tonight. So it was that kind of night for BYU. 347 gained yards. Some lost yards giving BYU a net of 317 for the night. You were, if you run for 317, you're not losing the game. Yeah, I would think that would be the case. Hey, Mitch, did you see uh, Fred Warner down there tonight? Um, I saw him briefly, and then then uh, he was gone. And then he was gone. I I don't know. I don't know where he was. I tried to find him. I would have loved to get him on the air, but uh, I couldn't find him. See, Mitch has that reporter's instinct now. He's always thinking, "Happy a good interview." Yeah, you know. I wonder if it was the chill factor for Fred. I don't think so. It wasn't that cold. He's a tough guy. Yeah, no. I was down there at halftime. You know, he's probably just swarmed by you know, fans and. And uh, his buddies. Yeah. So I mentioned so. the note with uh, Kalani. Uh, BYU doesn't. BYU rarely wins with no touchdown passes. They didn't didn't have a touchdown pass tonight and won anyway. They're now two and nine without a touchdown pass because when you run for six touchdowns, you don't necessarily need that many touchdown passes on the other end. So it was all good in the end. Six touchdown runs, amazing. Yeah, I most agree. in more than two years. And, and as he mentioned, there were a couple. Well, that was another run, though. But Holker was at the one yard line. It looked like he was going to get in. And uh, Algier was at the one yard line. It looked like he was going to. But get that in. was a run. True. And so uh, the long plays, though, I I was hoping I that they doing, might yeah. get the big bunch plays tonight, and I think they did. And uh, you get that big play against those uh, average to less than average defenses. Those long. Uh, you know, explosive plays really make a big difference in the score. Uh, I hit this earlier. I wanted to see how it ended up. Average starting field position. Would you say BYU likely had the advantage or did not have the advantage tonight? What would you say? I'm going to say advantage. Advantage, correct. Uh, the average starting field position for BYU was its own 34-yard line. New Mexico State was its own 26-yard line. But that was actually helped by one possession they got at the BYU 30 to start because most everything else was deep in their own territory. When BYU has an advantage of at least five yards in ASFP, average starting field position, they are now 14-3 and three in the Kalani Sitake era with six consecutive, make it now seven consecutive wins. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. We'll take a break. We'll come back and including, included in the next segment will be, uh, will be a question for... Two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Back with Greg and Mark and Mitch after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hashtag BYUCNN, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Mitchell Jurgens from at Chaplin Schumann. Loved seeing the three-play Tanner Mangum touchdown drive and the cheers he received when he stepped onto the field. Tough that his pass was picked in the end zone. Love the tribute to Mark Lyons, says this person, <laughs> and also says his eight-year-old son loved the player high fives at the end. That's a lot of fun for those yeah, guys. Yeah, you know, and they went stretched it out all the way around again tonight. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, Mitchell, you were involved in those. Uh, what was your fan interaction like when you were going around the stadium with those high fives? It, it, it was great. I mean, you, you get these... I think the best part is, you know, as you're going around the stadium, some people will even shout out where they came from. Oh. Um, so whether they traveled, you know, a little bit to get to the game or they drove eight hours or whatever it was. And, and, and I always tried to stop and talk to those people because, you know, they put yeah. forth such an effort to yeah. come here. And, and you do. You just you appreciate all those people that put forth such an effort to come and, and even stay after the game in the cold. There were 
a number of fans who left, but those yeah. that stayed, you know, it's it's just great to see them support the Cougars all the way through, um, even to the end when they could be trying to get out to beat traffic. Uh, but they stayed and, uh, you know, given the high fives. I mean, I loved it. It was great to interact with them, and, and they're always positive. So um, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, well, I'm just going to give his name. His name is Jeff Knight, and he asks on Twitter, is having a good pass game or good rush game more important against Utah next week. Mark, you want to weigh in on that one? <laughs> well, I think the Utah's defense is really good, and uh, they're really good against the run. But you know what? They're really good against the pass. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you're going to be you're going to have to be good at both, and you're going to have to be able to mix it up well enough to keep them off balance and. Uh, people have uh, come with tons of pressure lately against BYU. And uh, I, I think that uh, the Boise State game kind of got everybody excited about uh, bringing people. So BYU has to do a little better job at uh, picking up that. Uh, today, tonight it was off the edge. And uh, I think if that happens, I think Zach Wilson's going to settle down a little bit and have some fun in that game get a chance to go back to where he won the state champ. Oh, wait, they, were, they were second, weren't they? They, they lost they it. Yeah. Oh, they lost to Eccles. Well, BYU's already shown that uh, even uh, a win of the turnover battle isn't always the yeah. uh, decisive factor. I, I do think that um, a night like tonight, when you're talking about red zone, is the kind of night you're going to have, uh, need to have, against a team like Utah. BYU ends up tonight 6 of 7 with 5 of the scores being touchdowns in the red zone tonight. And um, I just think that the games Kalani looks back on kind of ruefully this year are the ones where they had chances to score inside the 10-5 and didn't do it, end up with field goals or nothing. And you just have to be uh, uh, ruthlessly efficient against a team like Utah because you may not get that many red zone opportunities. When you get there, you got to make it pay off. And you got you got to get it to – he do have to have that same situation that he's talked about with Utah. You have to get it close enough that you come down to that final possession. And uh, – because Utah is uh, going to be in the ball game with everybody they play. Uh, at Laser Sheep said, hey, guys, I just wanted to say thank you for keeping me awake and excited about BYU football on my way back to Ogden. Mark, thank you for all the years. And that's from uh, at Laser Sheep, a.k.a. Mr. Smith. So appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. All right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laser, you call him. Uh, let's, take, uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's give out our skill testing trivia question for the two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. And then we'll uh, take our final break of the night. So BYU's looking for its first win at Utah since mm. back to Harleen. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. They've won, they've won games here. They have just not won games there. Yeah. So uh, the last win. Well, the at, last win was the overtime here, wasn't it? That is correct, in 2009. And that was Andrew George in overtime. So the question now becomes, what was the score of the last game BYU won at Rice-Eccles Stadium. First question, uh, first responder with the hashtag BYUCNN with the correct response wins two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. What was the score of the game in the last game BYU won in Salt Lake City? And that was the 2006 Beck to Harleen game. That was the last time. What was the final score in that game in BYU's favor? First correct answer using hashtag BYUCNN is eating two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. The winner next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Final moments of the program. Just time enough to say congratulations to Denise Hales. Correct answer to our skill testing trivia question. First in with the uh, correct response. The question was, what was the score of the last game BYU won in Salt Lake City against Utah? Mark, do you remember the answer? Do you know the answer to that one? How about you, Mitch? I I saw the tweet come in. So. Okay, so Mitch is recusing so himself. So I, I know it, but I wouldn't have guessed it Mark, right. what's your guess going to be? Uh, well, it was two odd numbers. They weren't like 21 and it wasn't like 24. Well, no. it was an odd number. You're right. It was two odd numbers. Well, like 26 well. to 21 or something. 33-31. Oh, yeah, yeah. 33-31. 33-31. Yeah, BYU won it by two. 33-31. So that's your, uh, that's your answer. And Denise Hales is a winner. And Denise, I'll get in touch with you on the social media. We'll find a way to get that ice cream into your hands. Um, at Brigham Talbot. This is gonna. This will be our closing comment from the uh, Cougar Nation fan base tonight, and it's by the way one thirty-six in the morning Mountain Time. <laughs> Brigham says it was great to have Mark recognized on the field today, and it was. He says, "I know you still have a couple of games left, but which game has been your favorite in working behind the mic?" Um. If it's not one of the games I worked with you, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. But, well, it uh, is. No, it's, it's not. back to Harleen. It is. It's yeah. back to Harleen. Now, the other possibility was when um, Weddle, the poster of Weddle uh, defending um, the other really good tight end. Come on, come on. Oh, Pitta. Yeah, Dennis Pitta. Yeah, Dennis Pitta. And Pitta's coming up. He's got his arm up. He catches it in one hand, and uh, Weddle's got his hand around his jersey, and he's just tugging away at him. And uh, Pitta makes that catch and pulls it down in the end zone for the score. Uh, it was just two of these warriors battling like crazy to make that score. Oh, man, I loved that poster. I loved that play. And uh, Pitta ended up catching the ball across the middle near the end to win the game. Uh, that was at Utah. So, um, yeah, that was another one. So I'm guessing that the, the fun ones that I remember are probably when BYU had victories over Utah. Maybe I'm even, oh, yeah, the games that I've called. Oh, wow, I wish I would have been there for the Miracle Bowl. I had to watch that at home. The, there were some funky rules back in the day, weren't there? Yeah, the Radio other rules. network had the rights to the bowl game, and uh, so KSL, they didn't allow them to do it. So Beck to Harleen's up there for you, right? Beck, and Har- Beck to Harleen, yeah, it's got to be it. Yeah. The, it was so deserving in that game, I don't know how much I should talk about it, but in BYU was just rolling in the first half. Everything was going their way. And all of a sudden... Oh, man, they're struggling like crazy, and they get behind in the game, and that final drive that Utah makes and scores, and, and then uh, Beck brings them back. Uh, yeah, that's it. The swings of emotion and uh, the amount of time BYU had left. And I, another part goal. I liked at the end of that was Beck and Weddle walking around after the game, kind of just chatting with each other. Uh, it kind of took away the hatred part of it for about a couple minutes <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> So we're not done. We've got uh, two more games. Two more, yeah, two more games. So we're not going to get all crazy sentimental right now. We've no, said no. We, you know, we, 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 we've done a little bit of it tonight because this is one milestone. Uh, the final home game is something. You know that the new guy you hire is going to get sick uh, sometime, and I'm going to have to fill in. <laughs> There'll be more games. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's, it's a milestone. Uh, not, not the final, but it's something. And uh, I hope I hope you enjoyed the night. Oh yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, overwhelming. It was just 
overwhelming to uh, – when I was walking down onto the field uh, at halftime, there were people in the stands saying, hey, Lions, we're going to miss you. Good job, Mark. And uh, glad you're ending your life. <laughs> Some guys said, I don't know. <laughs> Some guy, glad it's over for you. <laughs> uh, it was really uh, touching. I was moved. Um, I was – I'm just so grateful for the things that are taking place. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll show you off the air this cool thing that happened. And so um, the last home game, I'll remember. Got to carry on the flag. Got honored at halftime. You found video of me making completions in a game. <laughs> oh, man. Well, like uh, Kalani <laughs> said, the door is always going to be open. So you can come back in the booth, you know. Yeah, where? <laughs> Make room for you. <laughs> All right. Um, next up, it's Utah. Next Saturday night, more memories to be made. So, well, yeah. Uh, thanks, Greg. I appreciated your intro, man. I was kind of moved by by that too. <laughs> well, there's more to come. Again, we're not quite done with you yet. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks to everyone who listened to tonight's broadcast. Uh, if you're still up with us at 1:40 in the morning Mountain Time, thank you for sticking with us. Whether you tuned in on a satellite or over the air, on a laptop or an app, however you tuned in, glad you enjoyed the broadcast tonight. We enjoyed bringing it to you. At BYU Radio, our appreciation to Nathan Israelson, our coordinating producer, Terry South, intern Sterling Richards, yes, yes, got that one right tonight. Engineers Sean Fay and Randy Bateman, GM Don Shaline, traffic manager Sean O'Neill, those are the main players back at BYU Radio. Barry Squires is our on-site engineer with the assistance from intern Lindsay Peterson here tonight. Our statisticians, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is McKay Perry. We want to thank Duff Tittle and Brett Pine and Kenny Cox and Jenny Wheeler and the entire BYU football media relations machine for their assistance. Yep. Good people. And, and then, uh, of course, I get to work with and say thank you to Mitch Jurgens and Mark Lyons every week. And uh, Mitch did a little more than normal tonight. as He was kind of pinch-hitting for Mark. On occasion, this evening, <laughs> Mark going up and down from here to the, you know, running flags and getting honored. And so uh, Mitch was kind of the uh, the third man in the booth on the field tonight. So Thanks, that was, Mitch. That was a lot of fun. Good job. Hey, no tonight. problem. No problem. Yeah. I can't I can't fill your shoes nearly, you know, as well as I would have hoped. But uh, but it was it was good. But you I, handled the mic well. I know uh-huh. this season's all about Mark. But uh, man, <laughs> uh, Mitch Jurgens has really done a good job uh, as, a, as, as a as as a rookie. Doing the sidelines from game one to game 11. Game to game, you see the improvement, and he's just done a wonderful job. Got to be getting more confident, getting ready for the Utah game. It's all about reps. Hey. It's all about reps, Mitch. It is, it is. And uh, Rice-Eccles, that'll be, that'll be a game. I love that, love, that I love that Mitch loves it. I love that he likes being a part. It's the same exact feeling that, man, I'm still a little bit a part of what's going on there. And uh, it's, a yeah. great, it's a great feeling. Well, he's doing well, and Mark's done well for 38 seasons, and that season will continue, number 38, that is, next week in Salt Lake City for BYU and Utah. So that'll do it for tonight. We will talk to you next week from Rice Cycle Stadium. So for all the aforementioned, my name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, for one final time, we're going to let Mark Lyons close it. Close it out here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's the last time you get to do this in this particular booth, so we'll let you wrap it up. Thanks, You Greg. can do it however you want, and then we'll say goodnight. In the meantime and in between time, <laughs> this is Greg Rubel <laughs> calling the 
on Sunday morning, <laughs> final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> you're the man, Greg. No, you're the man, Mark. Okay, we'll <laughs> see you next week on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.